Hey, everybody, and welcome to season six of How I Built It. In episode 106 and kicking off the year and the season is a person I'm a huge fan of, and that's Mike Hurley from Relay FM. If you follow my blog, you'll know that the last two years, uh, my favorite podcasts have been podcasts where he is a co-host and indeed most of my favorite podcasts are podcasts from Relay.fm. So in this episode, he's going to talk about starting a podcast network and podcasting in general. He gives us lots of great advice on how to figure out uh, how to determine your podcast format and your topic and what your interests are and, and, and things like that. And as a little bit of a bonus, uh, I wasn't going to ask him about this because it seems very subjective, but he gives us really fantastic advice on how to get sponsors for your podcast. And he is someone that you should definitely listen to on this because that is primarily how Relay.fm is supported. So uh, without further ado, uh, I'd love to introduce you to Mike Hurley. Uh, this is a great episode to kick off the year. But first, a word from our sponsors. This season is brought to you by Plesk. Do you spend too much time doing server admin work and not enough time building websites? Plesk helps you manage servers, websites, and customers in one dashboard helping you do those tasks up to 10 times faster than manually coding everything. As someone who just spent a bunch of time finding the right tools and automations to save myself time, I can tell you that Plesk is invaluable. And you can try Plesk for free today at plesk.com build. That's P-L-E-S-K dot build. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Castos. Castos is a podcast hosting platform built specifically for WordPress. Their seriously simple podcasting plugin lets you manage all of your episodes and podcast RSS feed right from your WordPress site, but have your files hosted on a dedicated media hosting platform. I really love how the Castos team takes a common sense approach to their pricing too. You can create as many episodes and podcasts as you want. You don't have to worry about how much storage you're using or silly bandwidth restrictions. And if you're like me and already have a ton of episodes from an old host, they've got you covered there too. Castos will import all of your podcast content into their platform completely free of charge. It is literally one click of a button. The Castos team has put together a really special opportunity for listeners of this show. They're giving away their most popular package, the YouTube republishing tier, where they automatically convert your audio files into a video format and publish them right to YouTube, completely free for one listener. For a chance to win, tweet at me, at jcasabona, and at castoshq, and tell us why you think you should win this free year of Castos hosting. On February 1st, 2019, they'll pick one winner to get this $340 package completely for free. Thanks so much to the Castos team for sponsoring today's episode. Mike Hurley, founder of Relay FM. Mike, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. I am a big fan of your work. I would say probably like 
50% of the podcasts I listen to are Relay FM podcasts. And so I'm very excited to talk about just podcasting in general and how you built this podcast network. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for subscribing to the shows. I really appreciate it. Uh, and if, for all of you listening, if you haven't heard uh, anything from Relay FM, there's a lot there for people. If you're into uh, like automation, is a, a newer show that I'm like really I've been a big fan of. Um, so um, let's start. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Why don't you tell people uh, who you are and what you do? So uh, I am. I kind of have two two main jobs. Uh, the the one that most people will see. Uh, is that I am a podcast host. I host many shows, mostly around technology, but also creativity is another th- like general theme, and and video gaming and stuff like that. They're kind of like the the three main areas I think that are the types of shows that I make. Um, I kind of make a show for everything that I care about, which is just that's that's the podcaster's problem. When you've been <laughs> podcasting for close to ten years, like I have, you end up just amassing many many shows based upon all the various things that you're interested in. Um, but the the other part of my job, um, which over time is becoming uh, in- increasingly more time demanding, is running uh, my company. So I'm the co-founder of Relay FM, the podcast network of which my shows are a part of. And my kind of daily roles go between, you know, tackling issues that the people that we work with need sorted. And also probably the main part of my role is uh, managing the advertising sales for the shows on our network. Yeah, so so you wear uh, a bunch of hats. Um, and so I I like your, your podcaster's dilemma. I'm, I'm starting to feel kind of the same way. Um, I have this show about people building their products. And, uh, and then I have another show that's just kind of like uh, toolkits for web development. But I've thought you know, maybe I should start a podcast about, you know, whatever other general interests I have. Uh, building yeah, it's funny. Lego. It will yeah. get you. Yeah. And so I'm like, my friends, I'm in a mastermind group and my friends are like, you need to not do like do fewer things. Uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to keep that in mind. Um, one of the shows you do host uh, is The Pen Addict. And I, uh, I've had Brad on this show before, so yep. I will link that in the show notes. Um, kind of talking about how he built uh, knock.co. Um, but I, I want to ask you, uh, what was, you said you've been doing this for 10 years. What was your first podcast? So my first show, uh, was, was mostly focused. Well, it was me and a friend, uh, Terry, and we just, we had conversations on the phone quite frequently about like the things that we were interested in. So Apple technology and video gaming and stuff like that. So we just started a show talking about those things and we did a bunch of episodes. And then this was back in 2010. Um, so just as the iPad was originally coming out, I remember that being the focus of our first few episodes. And then we had a couple of guests on the show just because there were people that we were interested in who seemed to find the show, which was really awesome. Um, and then it kind of, from there, this show just ended up having a guest host every single week. And I got to meet a lot of really interesting people that way. That show eventually morphed into um, becoming a full-on just weekly interview show, which was called Command Space uh, when the, the that show moved to the 5x5 network. That show then became Inquisitive on Relay FM. Um, which had a few different lives of its own as well. So that was a show that I did every single Wednesday for 
I don't know, like six or seven years, um, but have since moved away from guest format shows. But that's kind of where it all started. Yeah. So, um, so you've, I think you've said this, this is so weird because I, like, I feel like I know you way better than you know me because I listen to a, a couple of your shows. Uh, and so I, I know you've said that like interview shows are tough and I'm as somebody who does an interview show, uh, I can definitely relate to that. Um, so the, the, the other shows that you have are pretty much you and a co-host or two co-hosts talking about some topic, right? Yeah. Yeah. The fi- fixed panels, mostly. Um, talking about a specific interest field. Gotcha. And and I'm I'm assuming that that's probably a lot easier for you now that you are dividing your time between being a podcast host and then managing Relay FM, right? Yeah, yeah. It's you know because finding guests and booking guests can be difficult. Um, that that is a tricky endeavor. And also when you do shows with people who don't have fixed uh, setups because they're not recording with you every week or whatever, it can they, it can end up introducing uh, various technical issues, you know, like audio quality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So those episodes typically take um, longer to, uh, to, to edit and to finalize and to master. But also as well, those shows, they take... A lot of preparation, well, I would prepare a lot. You know, I do a lot of research on the hosts and all my guests and would put a lot of effort into that. Um, and, and honestly, for me, I found that over time, those sorts of shows became less feasible from a business perspective. Uh, so I ended up just moving to stuff that was easier and more creatively fulfilling for me, um, which is the types of shows that I do now. Yeah, that that makes sense, and I I mean I've definitely hit all of those um, stumbling points over the last couple of years of doing this show. Uh, that and and also like trying to get you know maybe a, a diverse lineup of guests, uh, especially in the web development IT field. There's a lot of uh, dudes, and and I want to try to have more than just like you know people who look and sound like me on the show. Mm-hmm. That is a definite thing, right? Like that, it's that's a a thing that I would want to do, and we try and do it with our with the hosts that we have on the network. We try and have as much of a balance as we can, um, and it's something that we're always trying to improve. But yes, that's another challenge of uh, working on these types of shows today. Yeah, absolutely. And then the audio quality thing. I've always thought like maybe I'll buy like a really cheap microphone and mail it to my guests, but that's more trouble than it's I know worth, people probably. that do that. Like that really? is definitely <laughs> a feasible thing. I know uh, many shows that have done that kind of thing. I never have, but you know, it, it is definitely an option. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, you mentioned that your shows were on five by five and uh, I guess it's about five years ago now that you started relay FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that like? Like, what was the decision-making process for that like? Well, well, like, why did I decide I wanted to work on Relay FM? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, what factors did you weigh in? Because you, you worked a full-time job as well as podcasting before yeah. Relay FM, right? Yeah, and, and in our beginning, you know, yeah. it was a few months mm-hmm. after Relay FM was founded that I was able to leave to do this full-time. And that was part of the reason, you know, I, I felt like if... I was in control of everything. Um, financially, it would make more sense uh, owning the company as well as being a host. But also, I felt like I had done everything I had set out to do. You know, like 
when I was running things on my own, I had, you know, we, we, we started a very small network called 70 decibels, which was, which transitioned into five by five at one, uh, I think it was in like 2012. And that was like a goal. That was like a goal for me that when I set out, it's like, this is what I want to do. These are the people that I want to work with. And I achieved it. So I didn't really have anything to focus on. So I decided that the best way for me to be able to push myself and to be able to get to where I wanted to be was to go out and do everything all over again. And I spoke to Stephen Hackett, my co-founder, because he, whilst kind of, we'd never arranged anything before with 70 decibels, it was kind of just like my thing. Stephen was very instrumental in helping me get everything set up. So I went to him and I was like, I have this idea. What do you think? And he was like, I was thinking of doing the exact same thing. So we decided to, it just felt natural that we would do it together because we have complementing skills. You know, he's good at things. I'm good at things. And together we're able to build a business out of it. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And that's something important. I talked to a lot of people and they're like, you know, it's like a mixed bag of don't work with a co-founder, especially one that's your friend. And then there's like, co-founders are so important and it sounds like you're in the the latter camp right because you you both kind of complement each other well, i mean yes i mean i understand why some people have those reservations but i mm-hmm. think that a healthy balance can help you know like for example me and steven separate our personal business conversations they don't happen in the same place um mm-hmm. so those two things never intertwine so we're able to keep things pretty separated and working together at a pretty high level with a lot on the line for five years has not affected our friendship. I don't know if we're unicorns in that, but or maybe we just took extra steps that a lot of people don't think about, but it's been fine for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's great. Um, so if, uh, if you are thinking about starting a company with a co-founder, I think Mike just offered some really good advice and Try to keep the the personal and the the professional things separate. I, I can't imagine how people would want to found companies on their own. That's that's a lonely endeavor. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean this this podcast is like the most personal interaction I get in like being self employed uh, on the internet. So like uh, I, if I was starting a big company, I would definitely want somebody else there to bounce yeah. ideas off of. Yeah. Uh, so when you set out to start Relay FM, what kind of research did you do? Uh, you know, did you um, did you kind of know the logistics of setting things up, or were there things that you had to look into for like bringing podcasts together under an umbrella and setting up a website and things like that? I didn't need to research because I was already doing it. You know, like uh, Relay FM didn't start from nothing. You know, it it started from like four years of knowledge in the field you know like i i knew how to make the shows i knew what a system needed right and we ended up working we we licensed the product which we eventually bought out and changed the entire code base of um to build our cms our, our publishing platform um, but that was a real that was a real important part for us of being able to find someone that we could work with to give us the kind of the skeleton to be able to build the system that we now use that was very important um, but honestly, like I was bringing to the role, my own beliefs for how something like this should be done. So 
I didn't really feel like research was needed because I had a very strong vision of what I wanted. Stephen had a very strong vision of what he wanted. And we made our company based on those ideals as opposed to being like, what is the best way to growth hack a podcast network, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said there. You said that you were bringing four years experience, right? Because, um, so I might be a little fuzzy on your relationship to five by five. I know you had shows on five by five, but were you a deeper, like more, more deeply involved in that? Well, I was running a small network called 70 Decibels beforehand. And 70 Decibels was a company that was making small amounts of money, but was making money. We had sponsorship arrangements and stuff like that. So when we joined 5 by 5 we kind of moved pretty much all of our shows there. Mm. And I maintained the relationship with the people that I brought in. So I was kind of helping to manage those people even within that network. So... You know, I, I kind of had a small, f- I had an idea of what it would take to run things anyway. You know, we were, I was a host on the network like everybody else, but I was also doing some logistics and administration for the people that I was working with just so we could make sure that the responsibilities weren't, were split because it was bringing in a lot of new people at once and it kind of seemed strange to change their main point of contact. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's almost like how, you know, when Disney bought Pixar, say, you know, uh, John Lasseter was still at the helm and Ed Catmull was still at the helm for, for sure. that yeah, that's company. That's yeah. And also remember Slack didn't exist then. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so there was no way for people to communicate with each other in the way that we think of it now. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a super interesting point too. Um, so, uh, so I like what you said about this because some of the best that, advice that I got out of college that I didn't take immediately was uh, if you want to start a company, get a job in the field and kind of learn the ropes from somebody, make the connections that you need to make under the umbrella of somebody who's done it before. And it's, it, it almost sounds like you did that with starting Relay FM. You had 70 decibels uh, and then it, brought, it was brought under the umbrella of 5x5, which is still a, a very successful podcast network. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a sense of what I wanted. I learned from other people and then was able to combine that knowledge together into what I wanted to do for the future. You know, so yes, I, I would agree. Like, I think, you know, it's very difficult to start something from nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, so you had a relationship with a bunch of hosts. You had a relationship with, Sponsors. I know a question that I get very frequently is like, how do I get sponsors for my podcast? Uh, I won't put you on the spot and like ask you that advice, really, because it's, you it's can hard, ask right? Me. If you want to yeah. ask me, you can ask me. I have an answer if you uh, want it. Yeah, I would, I would love to, to hear your answer because mine was very much like I knew people and they trusted what I did. And so they decided to sponsor my podcast at first. Well, I mean, that's a part of the answer. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things about getting advertising in the podcast industry today is that the podcast industry is growing and audiences are growing with it. So like when I started, if you had a thousand listeners on a show, you could quite easily get an advertiser. But now you're looking at, you want to kind of be in the, if you have one show, you know, you want to be in the multiple tens of thousands of downloads before a lot of the traditional um, advertisers that you hear on most podcasts will want to consider you you know 
if you are part of a larger organization like Relay FM, you know, like like how we do it, we have shows that vary from thousands to hundreds of thousands of listeners. So we're able to sell things at a larger scale, like in packages, you know. So, mm-hmm. but if you kind of are a, a, a one individual with your one show, you need to be in the kind of tens of thousands to download range before a lot of the traditional podcast advertisers will wanna consider you because it's you know it's it's a lot of work for them to to put something in so they want to feel like they're going to get a good return out of it yeah absolutely. but that's and, and, but that's if you're focusing on the traditional podcast advertisers which you don't need to it's not what i did you know like when i was starting out i contacted small companies like companies that i believed in companies that i thought were interesting i mean to start with initially i was doing podcast advertising for next to nothing um, like very, very small amounts of money so I could get used to it. You know, like so I knew what the relationship would be like. I knew, would understand how to work on a contract. I would understand how to write copy and deliver that copy. Because if you're just starting out, you know, you've, you're kind of asking a lot for a larger company or for any company to give you a lot of money. So I was kind of doing it as a way to help understand and then also when I was then going off the larger advertisers for charging what I considered to be more fair amounts at that point, I had a body of work which included advertising, which I could say, hey, look, you can go and listen, and this is what we do. So that's my advice. Like, Don't go off the Squarespace if it's your first, if you've never had ads before. Find a company that is small that relates to the topic that you're doing and pitch to them. That, that I, that's fantastic advice. And it makes a lot of sense, right? It's almost like a, you're not charging the advertiser for the learning curve of selling sponsorships. You're exactly, selling them. Because, yeah. you know, I, I would tell you, know, you've got to be effective, right? Like if, if you're selling ads, you have to be effective for the company. They're not giving you free money, right? Like they, they want people to come to, to their product through you and your ability to tell their story. You probably need practice in that. So it might be a good idea to work on a, a kind of a fair arrangement with a smaller company and then move on from there. That That's my advice. Yeah. And I think that's really good advice. And I think it, it shows that um, it shows in your experience because something that I think you do very well is those live reads. And it's not just like, do you need a new mattress? Like get Casper. It's like you tell this, you tell Casper's story and your story along with uh, like and how it Casper relates to you. Thank you. I, it's something I do genuinely try very hard with. Um, I don't take our advertisers for granted, you know. Like they are putting food on the table of my home and many others. And I want to try and always do the best job that I can. Plus it helps that we are very choosy about advertisers. We only take advertisement from companies that we believe in the products of. You know, we don't take advertisement for services, products and services that we don't think are valuable. Um, You know, sometimes we get to try the product, sometimes we don't. But if we don't, then we'll do a lot of research into understanding if it is a good product before we will go ahead and work with that company. So it's something that we take very seriously. Also because we know that every time um, we are doing an advertisement spot, any host is, it sounds like an implicit recommendation or endorsement from the person, even if that person is not saying so, right? Like even if that person is just talking about objective statements, you know, not they never had the product, they're just telling you what the features and benefits are. 
it always sounds like an endorsement because that's it's something in our brains that's wired that way. By the way, that's why podcast advertising is so successful and so effective. So because we know that exists, we won't take advertisement from companies that our hosts aren't willing to read. So, Yeah, that's... I think that is a really great philosophy and you're right. Like uh, podcasters are big influencers. Like I said earlier, like I feel like I feel like even though we've never met, this is our first time talking that's like not a, a tweet. Um I feel like I know you better because mm-hmm. I listen to your shows and and You, you trust me. Right. right? E- exactly. You, know, you um, trust what I have to say and I take that very I take that to be a very, very important thing. It's part of what makes us successful. You know, like it's because of the the trust and the relationship that we have. Um, so we don't take that lightly. This episode is brought to you by Pantheon. Starting a new project? Looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for your WordPress sites plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to pantheon.io today again to set up a free account. Pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. You have. Uh, well, you and um, Federico have convinced me to try to do the uh, iPad only lifestyle, at least <laughs> when I'm traveling. Uh-huh. Uh, I have, I like cheaped out on the 13 inch MacBook Pro with no touch bar, and it's been very disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to try. I got the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, the new one, and I'm like, I'm going to use this for travel through the rest of the year and see if I can do everything I need to do on it. So, uh, I think speaking it's possible. of that trust. <laughs> I think so too. The biggest thing for me is coding, um, but there there are a few ways around it, and I'm not coding at the same level that I was like two years ago. So right. uh, I'm 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 excited to to give it a go. I have my first big trip in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to leave the laptop home and just bring the iPad. So cool. Well, we we're like uh, 20 minutes in, and I haven't asked the title question, which is Uh-oh. how how did you build it? This network. Um, this. Uh, this show focuses a lot on the technical aspect. So we kind of talked about the philosophy and the logistics a little bit. Um, but you mentioned that you licensed and then subsequently bought out your CMS. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it's safe to say that you're not using um, like a, one of the more common ones. This is a lot of WordPress users and developers listen to this show. Uh, it sounds like you used like maybe a custom build. It is custom, yes. It's completely custom at this point. Um, this is the funny thing, and like looking at the technical parts of this, this is why I have a co-founder, because I am not technical, but I have some basic knowledge. Um, it's a, a Rails app. Um, that's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, we we were looking around at some stuff and there were some options that we could go down. But then we found this product, which was really great. Um, and we worked with the developer of that product for a while and they, they were unable to continue uh, with the development. So we were able to buy out the license and and build on the code base ourselves. At this point, you know, we've, re- we've rebuilt everything um, just because it wasn't necessarily built for the scale that we would end up moving towards um, just in a, in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. So we have, uh, you know, like Stephen is effectively the CTO of our company and he manages that stack. And we have worked with multiple developers. We have a developer on a retainer right now who we work through projects with. And we also have some behind-the-scenes stuff, which is even more behind-the-scenes, like how we manage our advertising inventory and stuff like that. You know, We, again, have another program that we license from, some, from a friend. Um, and we're now like looking at how we could make advancements to that because... One of the problems is, you know, th- there aren't really off-the-shelf tools to manage the type of thing that we're doing at the scale that we're at. So we have to start with something, and then eventually we outgrow it. And we decided that we made the decision a long time ago that we would invest financially into those tools. So if we've outgrown something, then we need to build something. Gotcha, and and that makes a lot of sense, right? Because if you visit Relay FM, you've got uh, this kind of joined feed. Uh, that is all of the most recent episodes. Mm-hmm. You have a live stream. You stream, I think, all, most all of, or most of your shows live, and then you edit later. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the advertisers, and then you also have memberships built into that, right? So somebody yep. can sign up for a membership, and uh, I suspect there's like, are there like secret feeds for members? Or there sure are. Yeah. So um, yeah. So there's a lot going on, and uh, I think it's. I mean, what you said about the importance of investing in this software because it's running your company is is something that I think a lot of people in the open source space, which is the WordPress space or part of the WordPress space, needs to hear because um, it's a lot like Android and iOS. On Android, when I was on Android, I was like, I'm not paying for an app um, because I could get something for free. And when I moved to iOS, I was like, yeah, I'll pay $70 for OmniFocus because it helps me. Um, and I think the the latter is is more important there. If you're if you're if this is how you make your money, then you need to invest in it. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So, um, so it's it's a Rails app. What was what was the biggest challenge of building out the website for for you or for your company? I mean, it wasn't initially, but it was soon after, which was just scaling. Um. Thing, things grew for us quicker than we were expecting and our system couldn't handle it. So getting the right caching and stuff in place took some time and there was some real... We had some real problems for a while. Um, like every time an episode posted, it brought down the website, you know, mm-hmm. like if the show was big enough. Like we had some te- real teething issues that we worked out and we're now in a much better place for it. Um but yeah, that that was probably the hardest time of of the actual building of our of our stuff of our like technical stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh not it. It's a crummy problem to have, but it's uh, on the list of problems. It shows that you are growing, right? It's like if, yeah, it's if like it's a frustrating thing, but it's a good problem. Like it's good if you can have that problem. Um, well, unless things are really bad. Right, like right, if it's so yeah. bad that you have ten listeners, but it brings down the website, that's not so much of a good problem. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. were in a situation where it was a good problem for us, um, but we did not anticipate 
um, the way that things ended up going, but we, we got there in the end. Gotcha. That's, that's a really good thing to hear. So, um, it, if you can share this, I'd be curious to hear like what your hosting setup is like, if you can answer that, like if you're working with a hosting company or, Oh, we work with Libsyn. Um, but nice. Libsyn just hosts the audio files for us. Um, our system is built in such a way that it could, the audio can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we are not reliant on one company. That was that was very important to us that we yeah. would not be reliant if somebody changed terms of service or had issues or you know we weren't happy with them. So yeah, we we lose Libsyn. Libsyn are the best in my opinion. Um, their interface is not so great. Their their interface <laughs> is very bad. Their publishing tools are very bad. Um, if you want to, okay, not very bad. They're v- they're very good. They're just out of date. Um, mm-hmm. from a styling perspective. And there are some companies, uh, companies like Simplecast that do a much better job of that, but they have their own problems. I mean, I recommend Libsyn. If you are building your own website, Libsyn is 100% the place that you should be hosting your audio because their stats are solid, their system's rock solid. We have never, ever had an outage in five years with them. Wow. Right? Like They are an incredibly technically rock solid company, but their publishing tools have just they could they could use a refresh but it's difficult i mean they focus their efforts in in the technical side and honestly i wouldn't want them to do it any other way but um there are there are various platforms available and this is the one that we've chosen to use yeah i'm i'm in agreement i host this show on libsyn and i my other show is hosted on blueberry just cuz i wanted to try them out um but uh, I basically say, like, if you're, I consider Libsyn an audio-only host, right? So, like, you have Simplecast, which is everything. Um, and I think you can, I think you can, like, publish episodes with, like, show notes and all that on Libsyn. But I, I just publish the file and move that over to WordPress because uh, that's how yeah. my site's built. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I mean, the fact that, like, Stuff You Should Know, which is one of the, well, for a while at least, they were using Libsyn. Um, that was like a, a big boon for me for when I was t- trying to decide the audio host. Yeah, a lot of those, there's a bit of a consolidation around a platform called Megaphone right now, which is mm-hmm. making a lot of promises that I'm, I'm intrigued to see if they can actually deliver on. Um, but they are a whole platform that we don't need. We right. already have our platform and we're happy with it as it is. Yeah, and I don't want to go down this uh, this rabbit hole a little bit. I, I was introduced to them at Podcast Movement over the summer, and it sounds like they are doing some interesting things, talking about like automatic ad insertion and, yep, and stuff that I'm so. not interested in. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, so let's see. We talk- Oh, I had one more question for you, and I think I already know the answer to this, but do you edit your own shows or do you outsource that? By and large, I edit my own shows. We, we work with editors. Um, mm-hmm as well like Relay FM works with a couple of talented people who edit shows uh but I edit my own shows cool and uh that's that's one thing that I knew I wanted to outsource like in episode 3 like I was like taking out ums and I'm like this is just too much work for me <laughs> um yeah so that's that was that was part of it right is I didn't I didn't have enough chops to do it in in the beginning and I wanted to outsource it right okay 
I mean, I, I didn't either, but I learned. I mean, yeah. but, but as well, like I didn't have the financial ability to be able to do anything different. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I edit most of my shows is like, I, I do believe that a lot of the show is contained in the edit and the way that it is presented. And yes, that can 100% be handled to somebody else, but that's not really what I want to do for the majority of my stuff. And there are other things. So like some shows I edit for that reason because I want them to sound a specific way. But some shows I want to be able to publish them as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And the fastest way to get that done is if I do it because I'm not working around anybody else's schedule. I'm just working on my own. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point. So uh, so what do you use for editing? Logic, Logic Pro. Logic, okay. That's like, that's the thing to use. I, I recently made a... a bad mistake and moved to a PC as like my main work machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm Adobe not... Adobe Audition is a very, like very, very competent editing software. It's just not the software I use. Yeah, I use I... Adobe Audition for some other things. I use it for volume leveling and noise reduction and stuff like that. But it is a very, very competent multi-track editor. Yes. And, and that is the case. And like, so Adobe Premiere, like I do a lot of video editing too. And like Adobe Premiere is is supposed to be the thing I'm using and I'm using Camtasia and that's just like a dumpster fire. Um, but, uh, I, I've just been, I spent too much time trying to get parity between like things I use on the Mac and then things I can use on the PC. OmniFocus is one of those things. Um, and there's very little cross platform tools that I like using on iOS, Mac OS and the PC. So, um, it's been a, it's been a weird year long journey. Uh, but I'm going to buy an iMac pro very soon. Uh, to do all of that stuff. So I was just curious as to what you used. I was using GarageBand originally, and now I'm using Audacity here because I don't do too much editing. But um, maybe with the right tools and the fact that I know what I'm doing now, I'll give it, I'll give it another go. It's, it's a skill to learn. It's not easy, but, you know, it's like anything, but you can do it. Cool. Well, well thank you. I appreciate that uh, vote of confidence. And, and uh yeah, well, so as we start to wrap up here, um, what are what are some of your plans for the future of Relay FM? Do you have any big things coming down the pike that you not can partic- talk about? Not particularly. I mean, we are not currently working on any new shows actively, which is a rare thing for us. We have some stuff coming later next year, which is some changes, some stuff that exists already, which is really exciting. Um, but for me, I mean, w- one of the big things that I'm focusing on right now is just making sure that we have a sense of stability for the future and kind of how we are able to get to that position. That's what I'm focusing on. Don't have a ton of options. You know, if things are going really well for us. We've been, luckily we've been seeing consistent growth of the company, uh, since its beginning. And it, it doesn't seem to show any sign of slowing down, but we we don't have grand visions of trying to take over the podcasting industry or change it in any way. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very comfortable with where we are right now and moving with the industry in the ways that we feel necessary. But we're, we're quite lucky that, that our audience has a, has a strong belief of how they want things to be presented to them, which is very similar to us. So... Really, we're looking to just kind of stay the course for a while. We've always got projects. I always have projects that I'm working on, but I don't really have anything that is like specifically ready to go or I would even call something that's going to happen in the next year, you know? Things yeah. come and go, right? Like a lot of the stuff that we work on, 
a lot of the time when you see something, it's because a great idea happened two months before, right? So mm-hmm. because we have the ability to make things happen, if a project comes along and it's exciting to us, we will move it through until it's completed. Um, so so yeah, I don't really have anything going on right now, but that doesn't mean that I won't have something new in February, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I really like that. When you see something, it's because a great idea happened two months mm-hmm. before. Um, that's a solid poll quote, though I do need to ask you my favorite question, uh, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Uh, and trade sec- secrets in the sense that uh, any really good advice around, let's say, podcasting or running a podcast network? Well, I gave you my advertising tips, which is probably yes. what most people that do this kind of thing actually typically want. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, like, I don't really necessarily, I would say that I don't think people need to do what I do now. Um, I, I really don't think that it is a necessity to to start a podcast network, right? Like, I feel like that this, that was a, it was a trend and people started citing networks, but I don't necessarily think it's something that you need to do. Um, there, are, there are a lot of the resources that a network can provide can come from different areas now you know there there are companies that are set up that can try and help you with this way needed and i don't think that it's worth counting out the independent podcast you know like i look at a show like uh, as a podcast i enjoy called do by friday they're completely listener supported and it's a it seems like to be a really wonderful model for them so I, i think what i would just suggest is like don't necessarily base your idea of what you want your show to be on the shows that you already listen to. There there are many different types of things you can do out in the world. And I would also recommend like from a thematic perspective, from a topic perspective to do the same. Like if you want to stand out, you have to stand out and that's a tricky thing to do, but find the thing that makes you different and focus on it. And if you can't pinpoint the thing that makes you different, you got to keep working on it. I like that. There are a lot of really good uh, pieces of advice there. Don't base the show, the idea of your show on the show that the shows that you listen to. Uh, And if you want to stand out, you have to stand out. That's reminiscent of, uh, I did track and field, mostly the field part. I'm not built to run fast, but uh, our track coach said, if uh, if you want to run fast, then you got to run fast. So um, if you're, that's, that's really <laughs> yeah. good advice. Like it's it's bad advice, but it's good <laughs> advice, right? Like yeah, you yeah. can't do anything with that, but it's good to hear. Yeah, right. It's like it's like Nike's just do it, right? Like you know, yeah. if you want, just do it. Um, so if you if if you're thinking about starting a show, then um, start it and and figure out the way that uh, makes you stand out. Um, Mike, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, where can people find you? Um, couple of places. Uh, if you want to. Find me personally. Um, I am I Mike I M Y K E on Instagram and on Twitter. But I host many shows at Relay FM. You go to relay.fm slash shows to find those and all of the other wonderful podcasts that we have um, as part of our collective of shows. Awesome. I will link all of those in the show notes. Uh, so Mike, thanks again for your time today. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks so much to Mike for joining us today. Uh, I Again, I love all of the advice that he gave us. Uh, things like how he started Relay FM and uh, why he built the website he did. That's always really interested, interesting to me. Um, and, and kind of how he got comfortable with going after sponsors and his approach to it and... and 
the thing he said that stuck out to me the most was, I don't take our advertisers for granted. And we only take ads from companies we believe in. That's so important because like Mike said, uh, podcasters have a responsibility to their listeners because their listeners trust them. So uh, Mike and and myself included, we don't want to hawk anything that we don't really believe in. So uh, my question of the week for you is, are you going to start a podcast this year? And if so, what is it going to be about? I'd love to hear more about that. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at jcasabona or email me joe at howibuilt.it. I want to once again thank our sponsors, Plesk, Castos, and Pantheon. If you liked this episode, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a rating and a review. Uh, when I last checked, the show is in the top 25. It's at 21 for technology podcasts on iTunes. And that is absolutely thanks to you and your support. So thanks so much. I'm really excited for 2019 and I have a lot of really cool things in store. So be sure to stick around. And of course, until next time, get out there and build something. Build something.